The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia. Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. Good morning, guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Break here at SWBC Podcast Studio. I always want to add the mortgage (laughs) on there, but it's not. SWBC Podcast Studio. Um, Derek is out today, but we're here with Patrick and Brian. And we found out some pretty sad news this morning. Gil Brandt passed away at... 91 years old. Had a nice run. He did. He did. He was a guy that was very, very well respected by many. Mm -hmm. And when I started this job back in the day, now I'm talking like an old person, I remember seeing him a lot. And I I would always wonder, who is this guy? Like, who is he? Why is he everywhere? Why does everyone... Kiss his ring. Talk to him. Yeah, yeah and, and I, as I kept being around, the more and more I learned about him, and I was so impressed with just his history and everything that he contributed to not only the Cowboys but the NFL. So I wanted to ask you, Brian, because yeah. you knew him personally. Very well. And just wanted to see if you could share some good memories of him yeah no it's a it's a a very sad day in the scouting world yeah. uh with the passing of gil brandt and you look at the history of the dallas cowboys and you can't write that history without gil brandt uh you know him uh, you know tex Schramm as a general manager tex was more involved with the business aspect trying to do league manners uh, thinking about pushing the cowboys in front of eyeballs and and tex was uh, tremendous at that but Gill was really, along with Tom Landry, the nuts and bolts of the uh, of the player evaluation. Gill had done a lot of things that that pushed scouting to really what it is today: the creations of the combine, where we all go to Indianapolis every year and 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 take part of that. And, and Gill was a big, uh, a, you know, a, a big uh, contributor to that. A lot of the scouting terms that we have today, a lot of the scouting drills that we have today, the evaluations, the ability to go into schools, visit with this, uh, with uh, the coaches and, and players and stuff at the other universities and stuff. And Gil, Gil was just a fascinating man because he did things. He It, it was funny that you think it's like, maybe some common sense things and stuff, but Gil, no, he just took it to a, a whole nother level. I, I, one of my favorite stories was when he one time timed a player in a 40 yard dash in an airport terminal, he marked off 40 yards in a terminal and got the kid and the kid took off running and Gil was standing at the end of the ter- of the terminal with the, with a clock, got the time, wrote it down and got on his plane and went to the next school. So Gil was always doing things the innovation, you know, it was just like the Cowboys of that time, you know, in 20 consecutive winning seasons, you know, something that probably will not be matched, uh, but just a tremendous man, a, a tremendous resource of information, stories, you know, anything that you want to know about scouting or the history of scouting, Gil Brandt was your guy because he was a big, big part of that. 
And, and when you talk about respect, Ambar and Brian, uh, it, it's key that everyone understand that there are levels to respect. And when it comes to Gil Brandt, his respect transcended generations. I yeah. mean, there are generations of football fans that continue to come along and not only benefit from what he contributed to the Cowboys and to the sport itself from a scouting aspect and uh, and everything of that nature, but also uh, if you look at him as a human being, you you would be hard-pressed, and good luck finding anyone with a bad thing to say about yeah. Gil Brandt. He was just a magnificent, so just the sweetest thing, a, a magnificent person, and and despite all of his achievements and accomplishments, all of his football knowledge, which is just incomparable, he was always willing to have a conversation with you. How are you doing today? And he was genuinely concerned with people around him. Right. And he was a people person on top of everything else that he did so magnificently in life. So uh, the loss of Gil Brandt, it, it hits on several levels. Obviously, it's it's a you know tragic loss for the football world tragic loss for the cowboys organization tragic loss for his family but also the the world as a whole just lost a big heart and a great human being oh, no, so I, rest real, well to get yeah, real tight in there and that what, well said yeah. patrick well said i'll tell you real quick one of the great honors i've ever had was when gill was inducted into the hall of fame i was invited to be part of his group to get to go to see him get inducted into the Hall of Fame. And that was just such a huge honor for me to, to like for him to come out and say, Hey, I'd like for you to show up. And I'm like, my gosh, what a, you know, and here's, like I say, here's, you know, Patrick, Patrick gave you a great scouting report. If you want to say of Gil Brandt <laughs> and uh, you know, but yeah, it's, it, it is a sad day, it, but Gil, he touched so many lives in such a positive way. And, Again, professionally, and then, you know, it is it is a tough day. But like I say, there's a lot of people out there. The scouting community uh, benefited from having Gil Brandt as part of it or being as he's known as the godfather yes. of it. And so mm -hmm. uh, at 91, like I said, a heck of a run for a man. And, uh, you know, and again, rest in peace. Yes, and this is always hard to talk about on the show and talk about someone passing away. But what makes me happy is... Being present and being able to witness when he was inducted yes. to the yeah. Hall of Fame, Absolutely. when he made it to the Ring of Honor, and him being present in the moment, being able to still enjoy it, because we see it all the time. It happens, yes. yeah. With people that yeah. they get inducted so late into their lives that they're not not able to enjoy mentally it. Like there. Chuck Howley, for example. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So, and th those cases are very, very sad. But at least. With Gil, he was able to enjoy those moments and be there and with a smile on his face. So um, always with a smile. Yeah, I, I went back and looked at his Twitter timeline just out of curiosity. Um, and one of his last, one of his final two tweets were dad jokes. Yeah. Oh, that's Gil. So at 91, he's tweeting. He's This shows yeah. you how forward-thinking he was. Yeah. This is 91-year-old on yeah. social media, yeah. but he's having fun tweeting dad jokes. So um, just heartbreaking. But uh, well said, Ambar, you, in these times, uh, it also helps to remember uh, and live through the positive memories oh, and, yeah. and all of the smiles that he gave. Yeah, so. this is this is, a, this is a time you celebrate a guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. It might be sad, but this, this guy— I mean, just before we started the show, you were sharing oh, I, some stories, and Chris yeah. Beam was in here. There, there's— a and lot those of Gil stories, stories that just make you laugh there's and put a, a lot smile of them. on your yeah. face. There's a lot of them. There's some you probably can't tell, yeah. but it, they were, uh, you know, they were fun. Gil was, always, he was fun. I and mean, it's it's fair to say that um, this Cowboys organization, as it looks right now, yeah. um, is not what it is without a guy like Gil Brandt. 
uh, as yeah. one third of that triumvirate with SRAM and, oh, and Landry. Geez. So these, I mean, were... these are the founding fathers, not only of this organization, but of football. Pioneers. Yeah. yeah, pioneers, founding fathers, yeah. innovators, uh, uh, visionaries. I mean, they're all of those things. And, um, you know, SRAM and, and Landry, they can now welcome in. Uh, no question. Back. Yeah, my final uh, thing Gil on Brand. this, the, you know, the thing, Jerry Jones bought this team in 1989, and there's a lot of Cowboy fans that kind of think that's kind of where the Cowboys started. No, they were a really good team from 1960 to 1989. I mean, they were a really good team. You look at divisional titles, championship games, Super Bowls, things like that. I mean, it, it, this, this, this franchise has a great history because of guys like Tom Landry, Gil Brandt, Tex Schramm, those kind of guys. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Well, can we go ahead and take an early break? When we come back, we'll transition into all the moves that happened. Because Gil would want us to talk about the football. <laughs> he would. Roster building <laughs> we'll was good for him. Yeah. The roster after this break. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app. Only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Yes, the 2023 Dallas Cowboys season at AT&T Stadium is right around the corner and limited single game tickets are available now. Don't miss your chance to see the your Cowboys live at AT&T Stadium when they host the NFC East rivals Eagles, Giants, Commanders, plus the Jets, Patriots, Rams, Seahawks, and Lions. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash tickets or SeatGeek.com, the official ticketing provider of AT&T Stadium. Thank you, Brian. Welcome back. This is the second segment of The Break presented by Blockchain.com. 
Ding. Ding. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> okay, so before we get into roster cuts, I did want to talk about the trade that the Cowboys made with mm. the Dolphins. Uh, traded a cornerback for another cornerback. Mm-hmm. And um, let's see, Noah Igbenogany. <laughs> Did I Nailed nail that? Half Perfect. Right Way to go. First go. Igbenogany. There we go. With accent and everything. Iggy. Yeah, there you go. Iggy for you that don't really want to try and go with that last name. But you yeah. did a great job. Thank, that, you, oh, thank you, you. You could go with Noah if you want because, you know, Noah Brown is in Houston now. So you yeah. could go with Noah. Noah. There's only one Noah on the roster Yeah, that's now. easy. I'm going to stick with Iggy. Say. That's what I did Iggy. during the draft. Yeah. All right, well, let's talk about him. Tell me what you think of this guy and why the Cowboys made this trade. We were talking about Kelvin Joseph as one of those kind of bubble guys that you don't really know what they were planning on doing with him. Possibly he could make the practice squad for them, but then they end up training him. For a guy that what I've seen and heard so far seems pretty similar to a Kelvin Joseph. Yeah, I'm I'm interested... um to hear Brian's thoughts on Iggy, if we're going to go with Iggy. Now you could go with the last um, name. You guys are better at it than me. <laughs> I will say, as far as the trade is concerned, um, I mean, we sat here and we talked about how difficult the roster cuts were going to be. Uh, and when it came to the cornerback room, um, the previous episode, I had Jordan Lewis uh, escaping the pup list and being activated, but then I also had Eric Scott on my roster, and, and I couldn't figure out from there where Kelvin Joseph would fit in the cornerback room. So I had him off of my roster. I think that ultimately is where the Cowboys were headed, but they were able, kudos to them, they were able to, instead of waving him, they were able to get a, at least a player out of it. So it's a fresh start for Igbenogany here in Dallas. Spoke with him in the locker room um, not an hour ago. Very intelligent, very insightful young man. Um, and he said himself that he feels the struggles he had in Miami were needed to form him into the player and man that he hopes to be. He said uh, over the last week he had actually been praying for some type of change, not mm-hmm. knowing what that change would be. And he was on his way to Dolphins practice, and his agent called and said, turn around, go home, and pack. You're going to Dallas. There you go. Um, so he's very excited. He said, quote, unquote, I need it. I need this. I needed this fresh start. So looking forward to seeing that. And the same applies for Kelvin Joseph. Uh, didn't really have a path here for uh, in the Cowboys organization. Mm-hmm. That that boat has sailed. That ship has sailed. Yeah. And uh, we'll see what he can do down, with, down, down there with the Dolphins. But as it stands, it seems like a clean swap. Um, although I will say that while Kelvin has speed, uh, Igbenogany is literally a former track yeah. guy. So yeah. there's that. Scouting no. report. No, no, scouting report, yeah. And I was talking to some of my guys around the league about him because a lot of these guys watch tape full time. And I'm, I'm a radio guy right now, it seems like. But here I go. I uh, asked one of my guys about Iggy, and, and they said, I asked, what kind of player? I said, this is a functional player. He's an athlete. Uh, the instincts sometimes hold this guy back a little bit. He says, good dude, wired right, more of a fourth or fifth corner, but he can play on special teams. And so I think that we, we were talking about a clean trade, and there were things about Kelvin Joseph that were actually improving. Now, you will say some things about his awareness, you know, lining him up, lining up off sides, maybe some fair catch interference type stuff that he was dealing with. But I felt like that he was going in the right direction. They, they, they put Bland on the outside. They put him in the slot and they tried to get him to work that way. And there were some positive things. So, but you know, you know, sometimes in this business you say, well, Hey, you know, what you feel about player this way, maybe not everybody feels the same way. So you move on and 
to go and make a, a switch for another corner, I feel like is the right thing to do. I, I will say this though, coming out of Auburn and, you know, Patrick mentioned a track athlete can really, really run. And the thing about him is though, the things that I kind of worry about him was the, when you look at his, the ability to sometimes play the ball down the field. And that was something that, you know, that, that when you watched him in college, now here he is, he's played in the NFL for a few years, We'll see if that can switch. But I know in college there was some time where, man, really good athlete, could really run, sticky kind of a guy, but was he going to always play the ball well in the air? We'll see if he can. If that's kind of changed for him. But the positivity, though, for my guys, that seemed like about that fourth or fifth corner, and that's kind of what Dallas is looking at right there. Very willing tackler. Yeah. Also. So he's yeah. really going to take on the special teams. Bones is going to love him um, yeah. on the special teams front. Absolutely. Well, and you know, Kelvin Joseph, to his credit, he got better on spe- the reason why you would even think about keeping him around was because of special yeah. team stuff. So he was improving. He was yeah, improving. Yeah, uh, but not to the maybe not to the liking. And but this is, you know, I hate to I hate to bring up something a, a negative aspect of this though. But you know, if you look at you know Dan Quinn, as much credit as we give Dan Quinn for the player evaluations and stuff, Dan really stuck his neck out for this guy. Him and. Bohanna, he was at the workouts there in Lexington. Those are two players that are no longer on the team. It happens. You know, coaches come in. I mean, but, you know, ho- you know hopefully you can rally from this by, you know, trading one off for the other and, and not losing on the uh, the value of the pick. And hopefully this new fresh start just helps both of them. Yeah. Him, Calvin Joseph over there, and he hopefully he stays out of trouble and all that. And then Noah over here bringing a – New fresh start to yeah. him yeah. and his career. Now, we, on the last show, we were trying to guess and cut the <laughs> roster. Uh, but now we have all the answers. Now we have the answers of the things that happened. So I wanted to ask you guys, biggest surprise for the cuts that the Cowboys made on Tuesdays uh, on Tuesday and some of the movements. Let's not get into the practice squad just yet, but just cut-wise... Out of the 53-man roster, Brian, who was your biggest shock or surprise? I really thought that they were going to keep Sean McEwen. I thought they were going to roll with four tight ends. And it just showed you that maybe that Hunter Lipke changed their minds uh, during that last preseason game. That you know, I, I kind of felt like, okay, do they keep the four tight end? Do they keep Hunter Lipke? Are, are, they, are they connected that way? They ended up keeping him. So, yeah, I mean, and another one, and Patrick, I hope I don't steal yours here, but my, my other one just on the defensive side of the ball was Jabril Cox. I kind of mm-hmm. felt like, though, with the linebacker situation being the way it was, that maybe they would try and keep him for another, uh, you know, another campaign, see if they could, uh, you know, could get some more out of him that way. But those were the two guys that I kind of felt like, to me, that had possibilities of being being on the roster on the 53. And you, you hit the nail on the head as far as um, you did steal Jabril from me, but I love you anyway. Yeah, appreciate um, that. I, 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 hey, I knew better than to mention great, that. I shouldn't have done minds, that. Great minds, great there minds. There you go. Um, for me, my biggest surprise is Jabril Cox. Yeah. Uh, just for every reason Brian said and more, you lose to Marvion Overshone, the two-season-ending injury, and yes, you're going to utilize Marquise Bell um, from the safety aspect as far as helping with that linebacker core, but um, Malik Jefferson, we're not going to talk about the practice yeah. squad, but he's on the practice squad, so you got some insurance depth there, but as far as active roster, 
I had Devin Harper on my roster, but I had four linebackers, and Jabril Cox was one of those four because not only was he at least improving, but he's a veteran, kind of a stable force there as opposed mm-hmm. to not having that. So uh, waving Jabril Cox, and their hope was that he'd clear and he could be back on the practice squad, um, you know, didn't happen because he's going to the Washington Commanders. Um, so he's there now. But uh, so linebacker is uh, – disturbingly thin for me behind Damone Clark and Leighton Van Der Esch, like what Harper brings, but I'd like to see another body on the active roster there. Maybe they're shopping for one. We'll see how that goes. Um, less surprising, but surprising nonetheless, uh, is that they did risk Isaiah Land to waivers. Yeah. Um, I want ladies and gentlemen to understand there are levels to being upset. So this is not an end-of-the-world situation like, oh, my God, the sky is falling. We let Isaiah Land go. No, kudos to Isaiah Land for what he did in camp. I hope he goes up to Indianapolis and plays well. But that was at a position of the least amount of need for the Cowboys on the defensive line. So um, I would have kept him, but you're not going to necessarily miss him now that he's gone. Um, But as far as linebackers, I mean, that really is a red circle for me with Jabril Cox going. Yeah, and um, I guess – I mean, we know – Roster moves can happen at any point of the day, week, year. But what are your expectations of when we can kind of put a bow and finalize, like, okay, this is really what they're starting 2023 with? Monday. On Monday, you, you Monday. Monday. I, yeah, I think Monday. I, I was going to say Saturday, but I, I, yeah. I'd say Monday. Over the I mean, weekend. You, yeah, over the weekend. Over the weekend. Yeah, because you, you got to go into practice prep, preparing for the Giants with yeah. a full week of right. a set roster, right. or as set as it's going to be. Yeah, they, they, we, we talked about the what they potentially could happen at center. You know, that you know, we were with the backup center yeah. and stuff like that. So, you know, we understand there's going to be some some movement there on the practice squad. You know, you're allowed to elevate two guys a game. And so they're going to take full advantage of that. But I, I would say that by the time we get to Monday morning, when they step out on this practice field, that's when you'll know that's that's this your team. It. Yeah, your team going into week one. Indeed. I still think there's some moving pieces going on here. I know they didn't claim anybody. But that you know, there's still waivers going on. There's mm-hmm. still somebody could put somebody out there that they like. You know, now you're now you're trying to figure out on your roster who player 51, 52, and 53 are. You know, that's you know, there's some guys that are kind of breathing a little bit of a sigh of relief out there. But if you feel like you're player 51, 52, or 53, you you shouldn't be breathing that sigh of relief relief because they very well could say, okay, we're switching this guy out for this guy. Right. So yeah. there there are some there are some guys that kind of took a deep breath, but in all actuality, you shouldn't take a deep breath till you get to that practice field either Saturday or mm-hmm. Monday, like I would say. And that applies to the guys on the practice squad as well uh, in the aspect of because if you're player 51, 52, or 53 yeah. and there's another player they want to bring in and you're the one that they sit down and have the conversation yeah. with, if it's a gentleman agreement that says, hey, if it's a vested veteran and they're released and say, hey, we'll add yeah. you to the practice squad if you just don't sign with anyone over the next 24 hours, well, guess what? They already have 16 practice squad spots filled, which means mm-hmm. one of those practice squad guys would then be pushed off. So yeah. to Brian's point, practice squad guys need to make sure that they are uh, you know, stay focused as well. Well, let's go ahead and talk about them. But real quick before that, uh, Patrick, you were right about Josh Ball. Was I? And <laughs> was I? Was there some science bit. there? You were right. <laughs> um, they did put him 
on IR, but then later they made the move yes, with Michelle Wright and Matt Walesko. <laughs> and they put those two on IR, but the difference is they are eligible to yep. return after four weeks, right? After four games. Yeah. Four games. Um, they can return. Now, moving on to the practice squad, guys. Uh, are you guys pleased with this list of guys that they currently build up right now? Well, they... <laughs> It, they kind of scared me with sending all of their backup centers to the street. Um, but they, they doubled back and added several offensive linemen, Earl Bostick, Brock Hoffman, yeah. um, Alex Taylor. But then they went and got a guy like Sean Harlow, uh, formerly of the Giants. So, you know, I'm sure there's some some intel that he can bring to the week one matchup as well, much like Dennis Houston will probably take it to the Giants uh, now that Dennis Houston is up there. But, I mean, offensive line, the depth right now looks good. Still interested to see how they handle that as far as the active roster is concerned, who gets elevated for week one versus week two. Um, you got Malik Davis there, which is who I was hoping was the running back that they brought in, uh, brought back for practice squad, mm-hmm. did that. Jalen Cropper, great camp. Uh, I think he just nearly missed making the cut because of a guy like Jalen Brooks and Hunter Lipke made it difficult. Uh, yeah. in the conversation. But yeah, Tyron Johnson, I mean, Malik Jefferson, Goodwin, that was a huge, huge one. I knew that was procedural, but I'm glad to you know, be correct on that one because <laughs> he is your special team's ace. But all in all, I like the practice squad and I don't see other than offensive line that they need to dip into that elevation wise week one um, at other positions. I think they're pretty set except for the depth on the OL. Well, for the guy that they did bring in from the outside, Brian, what do we know about Sean Harlow. Yeah, Harlow is. I was asking my guys about him as well, and they basically talking about he is just a backup guy, but he's a multi-positional player. Nice. So that's the thing about they need. Yeah, which they absolutely need. So the fact that he could play all the positions, they were. That's the biggest comment or the biggest compliment that I could get. I'm interested. Always interested when they. when they go out and me personally, if, if I was still in personnel, I, I understand like when you put together your practice squad, there's players you let go and there's some you want back. I'm always, I'm always would be that guy that would say, let's go get somebody else's guys and see, we know, we know if there's 16 names, can we go get three or four guys that were on somebody else's team during the summer? You know, sometimes we fall into that. Well, it's our guy, and we like him, we like and you know, we like our guys, and we never, you know, we, we never, you know, we never want to do anything to not like our guys. But the fact that the Cowboys went out and and and, and got guys, a couple of guys from other teams, mm-hmm. and maybe it was out of necessity a little bit, but I think that you just kind of you get locked into your guys yeah. instead of trying to say, okay, let's go and look at. Let's go get a guy from here. Let's go get a tackle or a defensive end or a linebacker. See, going back to the whole scouting conversation. Yeah. In, mm-hmm. in honor in of Gil Brand. Yeah. Yes. That's the part I hate about scouting, though. I'm going the opposite <laughs> way. Sorry. But it's just so hard because, again, you, ha- you talk about so many players. And, right. of course, they they have a whole staff that's dedicated mm-hmm. yeah. to watch that's your job. guys and yeah. do that as yeah. a job. But... When you talk about you have a full list after roster cuts, you have a full long list of guys. I'm like, how do you evaluate like which well, player now yeah. can bring something different to you that you're saying, hey, maybe he didn't work out over there, but with our coaching, maybe we can make him better. No, that's that's the whole idea. That's the great thing about the beauty of scouting is that you know your team, right? You have an idea. You've seen your guys practice 
all training camp. You've seen your guys play three games. So you have an idea, but what happens is you also take your scouts and you divide them up among all the other teams. So when uh, when a scout's out in his area, his college area, and he say he's hitting North Carolina, North Carolina State, Clemson, well, you also pop him into you pop him into Carolina and watch the Carolina play, you know, play the Washington Commanders, and you you know you assign these guys teams. So these scouts take a little pride in like going to trying to find guys. Yes. They're like, listen, this guy's better than our guy. Mm. You know, this guy's better than Bostic, or this guy's better than Hoffman, or this guy's better than. That's the fun of it is going out and trying to find a guy. We used to have. I used to organize the scouts in a way when I was in pro personnel and had them cover these teams. And then we bring them back for the final cuts. And as we're going through the final cuts, we would say uh, claim practice squad or don't worry about. And, you know, you would divide them up into categories. So that's how we got our emergency board that we were able to say, okay. And then you see these guys, they either get claimed or they get put on practice squads. Well, you can go poach guys off practice squads. So that was something I always wanted to know. Okay. Who's the best practice squad player? So, because that the first opportunity that I had to go get somebody, I was going to take it, mm-hmm. you know. But it's 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 part of the fun of putting together a team yeah. that you. But I, I just feel for everyone. Well, I just that feel is definitely not for me. I can't paint worth a damn. You, you do that very well, <laughs> and, and I can't draw a stick figure. So you got see. Me that's what I'm that. saying. There's things that you know you Different get passionate. Yeah, you, yeah. You, but that's the beauty of building your roster mm-hmm. that you stole somebody from. You know, in, in all you don't want. I mean, as much as we love Simi Fajoko, him going to Pittsburgh and having success, and if he does that, then someone's going to go, well, why do we give up on Simi? You know, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's that. Always. You know, there's always, always that. Jabril Cox. What if Jabril Cox makes a play in a Commanders-Cowboys game one day? And we're all going to look at each other and go, at Jabril Cox. Well, and then someone's going to say, well, he, you know, he got hurt. He couldn't do this. Couldn't do but, see, that's the beauty of trying to find – players in order to help you win these games. And we talked about, you know, uh, Igbenogany versus Kelvin Joseph. I mean, sometimes a fresh start. I mean, that trades, trade traits for traits. Yeah, that factors into it. So fresh starts. I mean, you have the psychology of it, but then there's also, like you mentioned earlier, scheme fit, you know, Mm. coaching style versus Mm. how the player learns best. I mean, Mm. those things all go into play. Um, But to Brian's point, the Cowboys did, in fact, they have 14 out of the 16 that are guys that were on the 90-man roster that are on the practice squad. But look at who in the positions they went out and got. So Willington Prevalon, if I'm uh, uh, announcing pronouncing his last name correctly, interior defensive lineman, they got him from the Buccaneers. Okay, well, many thought that with Quentin Bohanna being yeah. released, they would bring back Quentin Bohanna. No. But they looked at Bohanna and said, you know what? We're curious to right. see what this what this Bucs player can do. Yeah. Same with Harlow, offensive yeah. lineman. No Matt Farniok. Right. People thought Farniok would come back. Cowboys said, well, we know what we can get from Farniok. Let's see what we get from Harlow. Yeah. So a good mix of keeping the ones that were on the 90-man roster that you feel like can develop and contribute maybe as early as this year in some capacity, but also bringing in some outside guys yeah. at positions that they need. Yeah. All right, let's take our final break. Don't get set in your ways there. There you go. <laughs> let's take our like final break. Like their guys, too. <laughs> when we come back, we're going to keep uh, dissecting this roster a little bit more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. 
Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys. VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Do you eat, sleep, and breed Dallas Cowboys football? Yes. Tell us how you spice up the game for a chance to be named the 2023 <laughs> Cowboys Fan of the Year presented by Captain Morgan and win exclusive prizes plus a trip to Super Bowl 58 there, Ambar Garcia. Nominate yourself or another today we'll make it. at DallasCowboys.com slash Fan of the Year. I'll be there. Good for you. I'm going to go. Good for you. Yeah, I hope the Cowboys go. It'll be a lot more fun if everybody gets to go. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. Check your button. Did you hit the button on your I knee? Think you did, hit you, your did, you, did you hit your cough button there? We'll talk among us ourselves there, Patrick. Yes, yeah, as she figures. You out. had a good locker room story today, Patrick. I did. About, yeah, about Igbenogany. Yeah, and, uh, we walked. Okay. okay, we're back. Okay. Sorry, I have long oh. legs. Okay, she just interrupted the story, y'all. So yeah. there we are. Go ahead. Yeah, you're back. Go ahead. No, it was just a funny little story that we were talking about during the break. Um, the pronunciation of Igmanogany. So we walk up to talk to the to the young man today, and he's two lockers away from Osa. Um, <laughs> oh, Diggy Zua. Oh, Diggy Zua. Yeah. Uh, and Osa stops the reporters laughing <laughs> jokingly, and he's like, before anyone asks the first question, you have to pronounce his name correctly. And I looked at Osa, I said, is that because you know that struggle? And yeah. he laughed, and he's like, absolutely. So we're doing our best here, Igmanogany. We're going to get everybody right. Did uh did David Moore does he get to ask the first questions in the scrums like he does when uh in the press conferences? Press conferences? Not necessarily no. in the scrums. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Right. So press conferences definitely and it's uh, hallway pressers are, you know, 50-50. 50-50. Locker yeah. room is get every, it, every, get in there. every man and woman <laughs> yeah, for themselves. Get in there with your question. Yeah. Get in there. Man, yeah. I used to hold the boom pole back in the day <laughs> again. Back in the day the thing that's a job right it there. Yeah. Your arms, that that's a workout. That that's not <laughs> that's hey, it's better than holding the mic straight work. with your arm. 
Yeah. But the, 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 just trying to hold a, a recorder with or a mic in in there, and you're, can't you're relate. yeah, your shoulder can relate is on fire. I think they're both fire. just yes. as bad. I'm fire. Sorry. The yeah. boom pole's better, mm-hmm. much better. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep. Let, I I want to do like a quick review of the quote unquote final roster for the Cowboys that they currently have as of today. Um, we talked about some of the, you know, uh, needs that they still don't have much depth. We talked about the O-line. We talked about linebackers. But just want to further go into that conversation as far as what are some of the areas that you don't necessarily feel as strong looking at the final roster right now um, as far as depth or talent. I I go right back to linebackers. I I really just am not comfortable – uh, with the depth behind LVE and Damone Clark. Again, I, I love the flashes that Devin Harper showed in the preseason. Uh, I wanted to see more from Malik Jefferson, and I, I think there's more there. Um, but he was lost for most of the preseason with the foot injury. He is back on the practice squad. See if he can earn a, a place of, as far as getting activated um, once or twice, if not permanently. Um, but until you know, I get that type of solace from Malik Jefferson and until Devin Harper is consistently impacting regular season games, I I would love to see a veteran uh, come in at that position. And the good thing is, is they're not looking for a veteran starter a la Anthony Barr last year because you didn't have a, you know, a definitive starter with Damone Clark still recovering from his neck surgery. So that's the good news. The good news is they're looking for a football mercenary at linebacker, um, but the pressure's not on them to find a definitive starter. If you go out there and you find a veteran who can rotate at LB3, probably won't give you a ton of special teams work, but give me another linebacker at LB3 and, and I'll feel much better. And then offensive line depth, I think that's going to be a question until we see these young guys have to step up. But at the same time, I hope we never have to see these young guys step up. Not this season. I know all we got to see was <laughs> stretching today at practice, but I learned something when somebody wa- uh, ran onto the field that TJ Bass was with the centers and he was working with, so mm, he was going, nice he was going with, um, inside the the quarterbacks do quarterback center exchange and he was with the other centers Hoffman and then also uh with Biotish so they he was coming onto the field I I I I I guarantee you he was with the quarterbacks in there so they're going to try and see if TJ Bass can develop maybe as a snapper maybe as a backup uh as a backup center so kind of keep an eye on that I'm telling you I don't I hope they figure it out what's going on at three technique or under tackle behind Oso Digizua. They kept Neville Gallimore. I think that had a lot to do with Sharif Floyd. I think Sharif Floyd sponsored him in this one. I mean, last year, you know, it seemed like that Neville Gallimore was like one foot in the parking lot, playing late into preseason games, kind of in the doghouse, made some changes with the defense, you know, and it, you know, looked like that you know, he showed a little bit of promise, uh, some flashes again. I worry about that. I didn't see the flashes as much as I did from Golston. I thought Golston was going to be a guy that was really, really going to step up. Didn't have the type of preseason I thought he was going to have. So Osa played really well at the under tackle or the three technique. The others behind him, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to need Neville Gallimore or Golston, one of those guys, to kind of figure out that three technique behind him because that guy's going to play some. I'm, I'm, you know, 
I'm okay with what they're going to do with Mozzie Smith. I didn't want anybody in Mozzie Smith's way. Right. You know, I did. You could let go of all those nose tackles, as far as I'm concerned. Just play Mozzie Smith. I don't want any coach or anybody saying, "Well, he's inactive this week because we're going with the." You know, I didn't want to hear that. Just play the guy. Just go ahead and play the guy. See how it works out. But that under tackle three technique backup might be something that we need to kind of monitor as this uh, year goes along. All right, well, let's uh, switch gears on this conversation. I did want to bring up the fact of the of Jaron Curse changing mm-hmm. numbers because that's something that fans, for some reason, love Oh, fans love the jersey it. numbers, also they, because they're buying the jerseys. Well, true. So. That and the jersey color that they're wearing for the yeah, game. Oh, oh that's yeah, key. That, People yeah, are already asking for navy. week one, what heaven, are they because, wearing? Because heaven forbid it's navy. That's supposedly <laughs> yeah. cursed. And so is the, the red, white, and blue stripe, yeah. supposedly. Even oh, though, yeah, that one. Even though statistically our, speaking, it's well, not That one's cursed. cursed. I yeah. guess our studio already has to make a change here, if you've noticed. Stop. <laughs> if, you, if you look behind you there, there's a number 27. Oh! Already, well, bring out that get them back in here. Gotta make some changes. Whose <laughs> check does that come out of beam? Oh, get them back in here. That's a good eye, Brian. That's a scouting eye. There we go. That's a scouting eye right there. Derek, what's going yeah, Derek, on? Derek's yeah. gonna have to uh-huh. uh, sign off on this change. But twenty-seven will now be wearing number one yes. going forward. He did one number zero. Uh, last year, but that did not happen. So now he's going to go with number one, and he sees this as a fresh start for him. There's the phrase, <laughs> fresh start, for a lot of people. I, I, yeah. I spoke with J-Ron um, in the locker room this morning, um, and he basically said he went back to it because it was, quote-unquote, back to his college days. Uh, he said he made a lot of good plays in college, and basically mm-hmm. I'm trying to recapture that energy before the season starts. Uh, and so basically I, I looked him in the eye and said, hey, is Clemson cursed back? And he said, yes, yeah. back to it. So he he's looking at it as more, much more significant um, even than the initial number change to 27, which had some meaning to him as well, but not like this. He's going into what he hopes is going to be a special year. Uh, he's trying to prove himself to himself and also to the organization because he's trying to get a third contract just like Malik Hooker just got. So. Speaking of numbers, number two was running around out there yesterday. Yeah, Jordan, Jordan Lewis. Lewis. Yeah, Jordan, and there, there was bad. a lot of thought about, you know, maybe that he was going to, and I know, Patrick, we were talking about it, uh, but it was good to see him on the field. Mm-hmm. He and Britt Brown did a nice job. We'll see if he can get ready for the Giants, but it was good to see him out there, not on cords or anything like that, but like practicing them up. Do you really think that's even a possibility because i've heard yes. it being mentioned from uh, yeah week one. Yes. yeah absolutely it is, it is absolutely absolutely, absolutely. despite just it is him being yeah. out all this Listen, time. i, I want to be clear and, and i know there you know fans and content creators out there and there's a lot of speculation on uh if jordan lewis is ready and oh, he's and, ready and there's the you know the ptsd of michael gallup is kind of what they're leaning on hmm. but uh, jordan lewis i've been in Endless contact with him, talk with the trainers, talk with the coaching staff over the course of his re- rehabilitation. Jordan Lewis is 100% sure. healthy. Yeah. And to his own, to his point, when I spoke with him yesterday about a couple of days about it, go about it, he said that the biggest, the toughest time is behind him now. The biggest hurdle is just lining up and feeling football again. Yep. So feeling how it feels to compete and go against those wide receivers. That's the only thing that's missing now. Where that started this week, he's going to have the totality of next week. There's absolutely a possibility that he gets on the field against the Giants. Now, he won't be the starter for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. Deron Bland, Mm -hmm. he's ready, coming off a breakout season. Jordan needs to be ramped up. But 
the possibility of him taking a handful of reps against the Giants? Absolutely. Yep. He's not wrong. Okay. No, and that's I what he's talking about guys. over there. Yeah. I, I believe Thanks, you guys. Yeah. No, it's, it's been a... Uh, it's been a long journey for him. So no. I'm excited to see him back on the field. Yeah. We all love him, love his energy, love his compet- competitiveness. There you go. Uh, In McNogany. <laughs> you got it, Brian. <laughs> so before we end the show, um, just wanted to ask you, what are you most excited about going into this first week of the season? Or got, just Brian? starting the season, just the season in general. What you got, Brian? I always think that every journey's different, every campaign's different, and it's just the 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 there's that anxiousness that did you build this team the right way? Mm. Did you build this team to first win the division? You know, because if you win the division, it kind of takes care of yourself. You get a home playoff game. A lot of things go the positive way for you. So, can you compete? Can you find a way? You know, I feel like that the Commanders got a little better. I feel like the Giants got a little better. The Eagles, you know, until, you know, the last year's champs, you know, but did you build a team that can compete with them? That's the thing I'm most anxious to see is how the other games are important, but going out and winning this division takes care of a lot of things for you going forward. I am most anxious and looking forward to this offense. I mean, we we know what this Cowboys defense is. We we flat out know. Uh, and now they just need to go out there and continue to do what we know they can do. Offense, coming into this offseason, so many questions. Question marks before the Brandon Cooks trade. Who, you know, is Gallup going to be able to bounce back? And even if he can, who's your definitive number three uh, at that point? And then how versatile can this offense be? You move on from Kellen Moore. Mike McCarthy takes the wheel at play caller. What does that look like? But mm-hmm. then you start to see moves like they bring in John Parks, one of the mm-hmm. uh, you know analytics guys, and they they make several analytics hires in that department. And then you start to see it in training camp, some of the play calls that are being made in training camp and the versatility. Deuce Vaughn, you keep mm-hmm. Hunter Lipke because you want more versatility. Um, question marks were on if this offense can match serve with this defense. Now we can sit here looking at this roster, and we can honestly say on paper – Mm-hmm. They can match serve with this defense. Sure. Now the anxiousness comes and the anxiety comes from will they? Yeah. And I'm ready to see it. And no better way to do it than against a divisional rival so you can get a real leg up to start the season in that race for the NFC East crown. Because you're going to need it. Yeah. Because the Giants are coming to play. The Eagles, we know, are coming to play. And just don't rule out the commanders as someone who will be difficult and make some waves. They got skilled players and they got a good yeah. defense. That yeah. Their defensive line is monstrous. Yeah. Monsters. Well, even last year, yeah. this whole this whole saw. this whole division. If you deal with the defensive tackles, just in this division, are tough to deal yeah. with. So that, you, you got to be good inside. That Payne Allen combo is uh, mm. it's something. Yeah. So well, started off with one and zero. Oh. You ready to travel? Uh no, but I'm ready for <laughs> the ready season. To, are you ready to travel for a win? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm not looking forward to those late night games though, and traveling yeah, <laughs> super late. Back at four that's, a.m. that's exhausting, yeah. man. That's exhausting. But I am so I freaking win, excited. Though. I am so excited about this new season. I'm excited, just like you guys. We've seen things at training camp that seem very promising mm-hmm. for the offense, but now we have to see it in a real game Show with me. the start starters showing it. So. We'll be back next week. We go into our regular schedule every single day. We'll be here talking about the Cowboys. Uh, Our time is 11 Mm a.m. Central time. So we'll be here starting Monday as we get ready to travel. Tuesday. Oh, Monday's a holiday. 
Oh yeah, Monday's, Monday's holiday. a holiday. No, but not for us necessarily. No, not for we'll so, still be working. <laughs> we'll but, still. but we won't be in the studio. Memorial Day and Fourth of get, July. Those yeah. are the two days you get off. At least off. we get the podcast. Uh, we get a break from the break, but. Okay. Oh, nice. That's uh, bars. There That's is. bars. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Anyways, we'll be back Tuesday then as we get ready to travel to the to face the Giants. First week, Cowboys against the Giants. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in today. For Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Member Garcia, this has been The Break on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!